I don't know about you, but I remember being in school in about 1951 and learning how to read using a book in which all the easy words to read were there. And we went over and over things like look at spot, see spot run, watch spot go up, spot go up the hill, and so forth. In the old days, when the baby boomers began to go to school, reading was something that you did as a whole class, and you had phonics to help you learn how to read and decode the words, and you had reading books that you used to practice with, and over time it was hoped it was hoped that you would become a proficient reader. It was assumed that some of us would not only be proficient, but be intelligent readers so that we could apply what we read and understand what we read. Of course, the educators at the time spent a lot of time trying to talk about how to get people to understand. In one of the discussion groups that I participate in on Facebook called Vintage Niagara, uh, somebody posted uh, something about the SRA reading labs. It was all about, in those days, graduated reading. You went from so many words in your vocabulary to a larger number of words in your vocabulary to an even larger number of words in your vocabulary. And anybody that fell by the wayside, it was assumed that they just didn't have the ability to learn how to read properly or to learn how to write. By the time I became a teacher, there were still remnants of that, except there was something called groupings. And we were taught in teacher's college how to group students according to their ability. And still, it was language arts, reading, writing, speaking, and listening. Everybody did speeches. Everybody had to read for the teacher, and they marked us on our oral reading abilities. Everybody had to read and answer questions. The only difference was that different groups had different levels of reading, but it assumed that everybody was either one of three or four groups, and all the reading came from the world of fiction, and all the reading came from the Western canon of education and literature and so forth. How do we get from there to where we are today? where we see reading as four different modalities and that we are trying in the classroom to teach kids how to read so that they can think about what they're reading and become more literate. Recently I read an article, or actually a book, about cognition and learning in the digital world. It's all about how the world around us has changed and educators have to try to adapt their pedagogy, the way in which they teach, to that world. We've learned an awful lot about how we learn 
and why we learn and what happens when we learn that we now apply to the classroom. You will all remember when people went to teacher's college right after high school or sometimes right after an undergraduate degree. And that was the end of it. Now, teachers' colleges are no longer teacher education. Teachers' colleges are now part of the university. It, that, it happened that way because education became something that was a scientifically based, research-based field of study. To get an undergraduate degree, a graduate degree, a PhD in education meant to look at some aspect of school and schooling and teaching and learning and so forth. Over time, that has meant an enhanced look at the science behind what goes on in the classroom. And so for a little while, we're going to look at all of that science that now is applied to the classroom and that we teach teachers so that they're better able to deal with the classroom and what goes on in it. Needless to say, in the early years, there were those who went looking for roots in the scientific world, in the world of research and academia, to underpin and underscore what was supposed to happen in the classroom. So, one of the earliest thinkers that educators turned to was a man by the name of Lev Vygotsky. Lev Vygotsky was a Russian and he did most of his work in trying to adapt Russian education to the things that were happening in Europe. And what was happening in Europe was informed by the work of Lev Vygotsky. Lev Vygotsky and his ideas entered into the canon of education in North America as well, because Lev Vygotsky told us that all learning is social learning. Lev Vygotsky was the first person who suggested that what happens when we learn is constructing uh, concepts and that we construct those concepts through experience. This concept of constructivism has been in, in has been seminal to what has gone on in the classroom. Vygotsky 
contributed to the overall discussions about pedagogy in in the language classroom, in the literacy classroom, in that he advanced the idea of the zone of proximal development. Vygotsky said, every student begins at one level, which is where he is functioning comfortably, and the goal of the educator is to set the bar just high enough so that there's a gap between where the student functions and where the student needs to go. And through constructivism, through providing experiences, we move that up, just like we go up a ladder. And so we came up with the idea, or educators came up with the idea of scaffolding. Scaffolding learning is all about going from one level of proximal development to another level of proximal development. The zone of proximal development is estimated to be where the student is comfortable and where the student might be stretching it but is not frustrated because if we go and frustrate the student in through the experiences that we provide them with then learning is less likely to happen if we set the zone or assume the zone where the student is comfortable at is too low then the student will be frustrated because we're working above the zone of proximal development. So in terms of scaffolding in the classroom, whether that be reading skills, writing skills, listening skills, or oral reading, oral skills, all of, the, all of them require us to estimate for each student that's the key for each student, that zone of proximal development, so that we begin where the student is and raise the skill level of the student.